Why don't we just, uh, again, just appreciate what the Lord's done for us at the cross. Amen? Why don't we just, again, uh, just in our own hearts, thank him. And, and Lord, we do. We look forward to receiving from your word today, Lord. We declare it is the word of life, Lord. And as, uh, as the disciples said, who do we go to? Who do we go to? Because you have the words of life. And Lord, we thank you for the words of life today that will just come. Uh, Father, as we, as we uh, give attention to your word, Lord God, as we listen to your word, as we let it go into our hearts, Lord God, and bring up faith afresh for us all, Lord. Lord, that um, a new life would spring up in each of our lives today, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. On uh, Good Friday, if some of you were here on Good Friday, and I know that not all of you were here, but we focused on the plan of God to bring our saviour Jesus into the world and it is called a mystery when you uh, think about the cross it's worth a listen to if you missed it on the podcast if you missed it on Friday we called the message God saw the floor all right God saw the floor we understood and we spoke about how from the foundation of the earth even before time was invented okay we needed a universe to be created for day and night just think about it. Don't want to get anyone just going into a dizziness over that concept. But planetary orbits had to be in place for time to be a thing. That's the best way to put it. Planetary orbits needed to be in place for time to be a thing. I guess that's the best way to uh, consider that. Before the very foundations of the earth, God the Father had a plan for God the Son to be a redeemer and to be our redeemer. And Revelations 13.8 says this, The lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before he even started on creation, God saw that there'd be a need for a saviour, a redeemer, one that would come and fix the floor. And sorry to say, the floor was us. It was us and free will, actually. The fact that we could choose. And God didn't want to have a family of people who couldn't choose for themselves. We have to be careful sometimes because we can find ourselves in places where our choices are being taken away from us. And we should remember that it was God that wanted us to have free will. And he went to a lot of trouble. He fixed that floor by sending a saviour into the earth. Amen. You might want to meditate on that a little bit, but that's not really what I'm talking about today. That was Good Friday. You've got to go back and get the podcast for that. It was God's planning even before Adam and Eve in the garden, that a saviour would come into the world and pay the ransom price for the sin of mankind. And it was decreed right away at the fall, right then, at that moment, that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of Satan, the devil. And of course, that's something, something to consider. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. What? So that he might destroy the works of the devil. So... Again, uh, a few scriptures this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 to 20. It says there, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from your empty way of life. Just consider, just for a moment, how the Lord describes our past life. It was our empty way of life, which means that we now have a full way of life. All right? This is the fullness And we have to make sure that we walk in the fullness. And so often coming to church and sitting under the word and hearing what God's saying and ministering into our hearts is a way of getting a hold of the fullness. Amen. 
It says that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. You inherited from your forefathers, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or spot. There's that mention of the lamb, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. It says, just look at and just consider verse 20. It says, he was known before the foundation of the world, but was received in these last times for your sake and ours, that work of Jesus upon the cross 2,000 years ago. And understand this, the word of God became flesh. The word of God was made flesh. And the church, God's people, should know and should be able to unpack to those that need to know the mystery of the cross, what it is. How, in effect, it was God, the Father's big plan to bring a saviour into the world. Why? Why should we so be, be so aware of it? Because there's, because there's still many people in our lives, among our relationships and our acquaintances, those whose name is not yet written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we're here to do something about that. We're here to bring a change to that. We have to look past our own fullness and start to recognise that God wants us thinking about those that are out there that don't have that life that we had, that full life that we're walking in. We should be ready to make the mystery of the cross known to those that don't understand it. Amen? We should be ready and have a readiness for it. Let's go and remind ourselves that the plan of God, that we would not just be forgiven and receive eternal life, the plan of God is that we would be transformed, not just a once-off, but that we would receive renewness of life and that ongoing transformation that comes from being risen with him would be ours not just to keep to ourselves, but to share with others. It needs to be on us so we can get it on others. We need to be walking in the fullness of it so that we can be infectious with it, passing it on to others. Amen. Turn to your neighbour and say, wait, he isn't finished with you yet. There we go. Wait, he's not finished with you yet. <laughs> All right. I had a funny uh, moment. We were, um, we were holidaying in Sydney one year and uh, we always in our family have a little joke about this. If someone's saying someone wait, we remember this moment because um, we were in a shoe shop and it was very busy, holiday time, school holiday time and, and we were in Sydney and, and enjoying a bit of a holiday over there and, and our children, Johnson was a little bit younger and Johnson will vouch for this, there was a, um, a, a lady running this shoe shop and she didn't, I don't know, have too, much, too many staff, maybe a couple of staff, but she was serving people as best she could. And there was this guy, and I, I won't say what nation he was from, but he wanted to be served right there and then. <laughs> he wanted to be served and he thought he should just walk up to her and say, how much? You know, he was wanting to, you know, get, get served right there and then. And of course... Um, she started to say, no, no, sorry, sir, you'll just have to wait. We, we were in the room, in the same area, and we were buying shoes, and we were quite happy to you know, wait our turn, but he wasn't ready or wanting to wait his turn. And so this lady, I, I, I'm not sure what nationality, maybe, maybe Maltese or maybe Italian, I'm not really sure, but we watched her fuse get shorter and shorter with this poor gentleman that wanted his shoes, and, uh, and uh, she, she kept on going, wait... And he'd, he'd motion to her, and she turned and she'd go, wait. And then she'd get louder, and now she's going, wait. 
like this and sort of <laughs> was yelling at him. We, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it was a funny moment when we were, when we were uh, there in Sydney and this, uh, we always talk about wait, wait, and it gets louder and louder, wait, you know. We need to realise that we need to wait because he's not finished with us yet. You know, the Lord's still working in our lives. He's still got much to do in each of our lives. If he died for us, we should live for him. Amen? And of course, the question is, how do we live for Jesus? John 15, 7 says it really beautifully and again sinks in with the communion message this morning about those words of life that only he has. It says this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, proving yourselves to be my disciples. I'll read it again. If you remain in me, that's that, that's that remaining in his presence, you know, remaining, remaining a people that want to walk with him and talk with him, you know, uh, and letting his words remain in us. He says, ask whatever you wish. We're talking about a prayer life. We're talking about supplication and request to our heavenly father, whatever the need might be. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. Answered prayer is to our Father's glory. Amen. That you bear much fruit, proving yourselves to be my disciples. Great word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14 to 15 says this, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge this, if that one died for all, then all died, and he died for all get that and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again good word good scripture second corinthians chapter 5 14 to 15 let's consider today that our attendance at the cross at salvation when we were saved and 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 our acceptance of the provision of the forgiveness of of sin at the cross let's just make it aware, make, make it clear that that's the starting point. Amen? Not the end point. That's the start point for all of us, is when we make that, that confession of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. But here's the truth. We cannot camp there. We cannot camp there at that place. It's not a place to make yourself comfortable. Quietly sing, swing low, sweet chariot, you know. It's not the place to to say, well, that's it, I've got everything I need now, I'm, I'm good. We shouldn't camp there. We need to move on into the new life. What happened at the cross leads us to what happened at the tomb. He rose again. Death couldn't hold him down. And, of course, death couldn't hold us down too. That last song that we were worshipping with, I noticed that there was, uh, in the clip, there was a few people being baptised. Baptism is very much about... And if you haven't been baptised, I'd love to have a few people who haven't had a baptism for a while now. love to have a few people that would say, look, I'd love to be baptised. I haven't been baptised. Baptism is this. Baptism is going under the water as a form of burial and coming up out of the water as a form of new life and a picture of new life, being raised from the dead. And that's a picture of our Christian life. When we come to Christ, you know, we died with him. The scripture just says it. We died with him. And of course, we also, with him, 
come to new life. And the, the thing is, we have to walk in that new life. We have to take our, up our cross daily, if you like, and walk in that new life that we're called to. He was seen in his resurrected state by his disciples and by hundreds. What happened at the cross leads to what happened at the tomb. He rose again. Death couldn't hold him down. In his resurrected state, Jesus just didn't die. God proved that he was not just a mortal man by raising him from the dead. In his resurrected body, Jesus revealed that he was not just a kind of risen heavenly deity that would take a ceremonial role at the right hand of God, but actually that he could walk with us and talk with us. And now especially so because he sent his Holy Spirit into our lives and made the Holy Spirit available. This is where our ongoing transformation comes from. It comes from consecrated, connected hearts. As risen Lord, he wants to be real in our lives. You know, and sometimes the only reality that some Christians experience is at the start and then they sort of falter back. Falter back to doing just living according to their old way, not the new way. Now we need to be aware of that. Our ongoing transformation comes from a consecrated, connected heart. Connecting on a daily basis to our Heavenly Father through prayer, through devotion, through consecration to Him. And having those times in our life where we're just renewing you know, that commitment to walk in newness of life. He wants to be real in our lives. He wants to be the source of transformation in our lives. He certainly gave the two men on the road to Emmaus an upskill on how revelation will lift us up on our pathways and into what he has for us. I like it. I'm going to go through a few scriptures here this morning just to finish with from Luke chapter 24 and verse 13 to 16. Here are two guys walking along the road to Emmaus. And on the first resurrection Sunday, that same day that Jesus rose from the dead, he appears to these two guys. And it says the same day in verse 13, the same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus and about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about what had happened. This is a big thing. The news had spread very, very far and wide of what happened and how Jesus had died. And of course, there was talk now how he'd risen from the dead. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and deliberated, Jesus himself, now this is the risen Lord in his resurrected body, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But their eyes were kept from recognising him. And our advantage in the church is where these two guys didn't recognise that it was Jesus talking to them straight away. We can know the Holy Spirit. We can know the Holy Spirit is talking to us. We can know the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us. We can become sensitive to his voice, to his leadings and promptings. And we should all do, because I tell you what an amazing advantage that is in our Christian life, is to have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, showing us things to come. What an advantage. I say press in for that. I tell you, my life is different because of that. My life is different because I listen in for the Holy Ghost. What he's saying just saying, you know, always, I'm always just some, among some of the other uh, uh, leadership uh, members, just saying how, I'm always saying, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying about this? What are you saying about that? I'm looking for his voice and actively seeking it because that's my edge. You want an edge? That's your edge as a Christian. Get a hold of that and don't let go of it. Amen?
In verse, uh, verse 17, he asked them, why are you discussing so intently as you walk along? What are you discussing? And they stood still with sadness on their faces. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in recent days? He said, what things? He asked. I love this question from Jesus because you tell me. Because it tells me that Jesus wanted to hear what they had to say. He wanted to hear their faith. He wanted to hear their confession of faith in a risen Lord. Just think about that. And the truth is, he still does. He loves to hear our faith in the risen Lord. He, he, he wants to hear our faith in every situation. And Luke chapter 24, verse 19 to 21, it says this, And the events involving Jesus of Nazareth, they answered, This man was a prophet, powerful in speech and action before God and all the people. Our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping he was the one who would redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is the third day since these things took place. So, you know, we see the risen Lord, Jesus, still walks with us and talks with us. Even when we're unsure of the thing to say, he comes ready to speak the word of God to us. He comes ready to give us his word to speak. And I like that. Luke, Luke chapter 24 and verse 22 to 24, it says, Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that he'd also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Still quite not ready to commit to a confession and heartfelt confidence in the risen Lord. And he gives them a rebuke for their unbelief in the word of God. Look what it says in verse 25. And then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. I get that. O slow of heart to believe. Wow. To believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? Verse 27. And, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wow. He went through the Bible from Genesis to Maps. One end, to, one, one, one end of it to the other. And he expounded to them all the scriptures concerning himself. What for? To remedy their unbelief. To fix that problem of just not, not quite seeing or believing as they should. Jesus takes them through those scriptures, bringing out the verses that highlight how the Saviour would die and rise again. And, you know, there's something like 300 scriptures in the Old Testament that actually spoke of the, of the coming Messiah. And Jesus knew them all. He was able to go through them all and just pick out the ones that, that um, reflected his life. Always be ready for a word from God. It's transformative. All right? Always be ready for the word of God. God's going to come and minister into your life and bring you out of where you are into the place that he wants you. But whenever he wants to align you properly, guess what he's going to use? He's going to use the word. He's going to use the word of God to do that. Now, he might, it might be through a sermon you're hearing on Sunday morning. It might be that as well, that just something that springs up at you and touches your heart. But be ready for the Lord to do that because he wants to come in and be transformative in your life with his word. And it will change your life forever.
You know, that day that we accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour, that changed our life forever, didn't it? Amen? Jesus may not visit us every day, but it was Jesus that said, it was to your advantage that I go away. He said if he didn't, he couldn't send the Holy Spirit. And today it is his Holy Spirit in our lives. And the effect of his word being revealed and opened to us by the Holy Spirit. You know, it's his work of transformation, which is ongoing and we should submit to him for at every opportunity, whenever we can. And it's a work that changes our hearts and brings us into further transformation and renewal. And we ought to be after that. I talk about it a fair bit here at Victory Life Broom. We ought to be after that. Because anything else is just sometimes just ceremony and religious observance. And there's nothing wrong with it if it brings you to an understanding of the truth, that deeper relationship with the Lord. And I encourage you to be after it as well. Luke 24 and verse 32 says this, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told, and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was unknown to them in the breaking of bread. He, that, you know, they spoke about that new life that they had received. God's people need their hearts to burn. And that comes from his presence and, and fellowship and is a blessing like no other. It's something that we're all called to. And just a couple more scriptures as we finish. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 24, it says, For, this, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Talking about the provision of the cross. Here's the point again, and the assertion, if he died for us, we should live for him. That's the, the challenge for every Christian believer. If he died for us, we should live for him. Living for righteousness means that we should live in that newness of life. Jesus died to bring, living our lives out of that right standing, that place of righteousness that we have with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And that speaks of ongoing connection, not just religious service and observance. It speaks of ongoing relationship, pressing in every day. Even in the quietness of your heart, you've got people around you, you could be talking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to do that, you know. You don't always have to have your mouth moving. Just be quietly talking, you know. In the workplace, I find it really powerful. Just, you know, even out in the street, just to be talking to the Lord as I'm walking along, you know. Just acknowledging his presence in my life and in my heart. And, you know, if he gives you a word, you'll know it's worth it. If he gives you a word in season that speaks into where you're at at the moment, you'll know it's worth it, that pressing in. And last verse before we pray, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 4, it says this, If you then were raised with Christ, and that's all of us, amen? If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. 
For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who has our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know, he's our all. He is our all. He died and so did we when we received him. And the life that we now live should be lived for him. Amen. You know, that doesn't mean that you can't pay off a house. You know, that doesn't mean that you can't buy a new car. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't find a job you like and go for that. It doesn't mean that. It means that in the midst of all of those things, we live for him. Isn't that right? And of course, if the word says, look, sell it all, I want you to go into the mission field, well, then you've got to face that. <laughs> I want you to give it all away, I want you to go to the mission field, you know. <laughs> and, um, but that's that listening to God's word, you don't worry, he'll give you the faith to take the step too, if you did say that. But, you know, we can live for him in the midst of, these, of the life that we're, we're, we're currently living and give him all the glory and all the praise and be ready to speak and share our faith with others. And there are so many people out there that need yet to hear. You know, I love those clips that we're having and, and you know, sometimes we come in our church and we just have our congregation gathered together and there are many that are away on holidays today but, oh, and, and some that are isolating, you know, and I, I love to see a crowd, but I love to see those clips and the big crowds that those guys are getting. And they're reaching the younger generation. They're reaching the younger generation with a way to walk with God that just doesn't seem so religious, does it? It just, but it's heartfelt, isn't it? And I love that. And you know, we've got a new, a new generation rising up and I love seeing them come down the front and dance, by the way. That is just so gorgeous and so sweet because they're learning to, to uh, you know, love the Lord without you know, their inhibitions and, and without any sense of what will people think. They're just down the front here just jumping around and praising the Lord and dancing to him. Amen. God calls us to that as well, to be unashamed in this current generation of our faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Why don't we, um, why don't we close in prayer and ask the Lord a blessing on the word we received today. Lord, Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come around your word, Lord, and, and Lord, to receive from it. And Lord, if, just, if there's any of us here this morning that need to make an, an adjustment, Lord, just to amend maybe some of our ways. Lord, to come into a fresher alignment with you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you continue to reveal that. Continue to press that place in our hearts, Father God, that, that we might um, press in a little harder for you and for, for that new life that you came to bring us. That abundant life, Lord God, that, that we've, we've heard about this morning as well, Lord. Lord, you came to give life and that we might have it more abundantly. And these are the ways that we press in for it, Lord God, allowing your word to abide in us, Lord God. And Lord, do abide in you. Let us be those ones, Father, that bear much fruit because we do and we choose to in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you today that as we uh, have gathered to honour and worship you, Lord, Lord, that uh, you're able to continue to uh, fill our praises as we go from here, our, our, our glorying uh, in you, Lord God, alone, our honouring you alone, Lord God, as we go out from this place today and into our working week, the rest of this weekend, Lord, Lord, that you would be the centre of it all for us all here today in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen.